0: Care about like the person next to you everything's fine
1: good vibes for everybody you know regardless of what's going on all right what do we want to do here
2: One, welcome to blake street banter where one of us knows what the word banter means the other one is along for the ride and another one is probably out saving seals kirk is mia today he's uh got a work big boy job and all that good stuff but james is here james say hi hey we are here coming on a Tuesday afternoon, um, fresh off the news about Ian Desmond opting out, the power rankings of MLB.com just came out, where we stand with that, and um, we got an interview coming in up at the end of this episode, really fun interview, can't wait for you guys to hear Dugan Darnell um, tell his story and do his thing, it's really cool. But let's start at the top. Um, James, give us something in French for the uh, listeners out in France that have recently started being part of the banter. Uh, I took two French classes in college. And so
0: I know enough to know that I should never speak French again. So uh, appreciate you listening, but uh, I'm gonna save myself the embarrassment of
2: trying to speak French. I was hoping we'd get something on tape, something on audio, so we can just keep that in the in the back pocket for something. But <laughs> not that easy. Appreciate you listening across the season wherever you are. Um, let's dive into it. Ian Desmond opts out, 2021 season. Um a lot of negative interactions on the internet. The at Rockies <laughs> is um getting beat up and for no good reason. But how do we feel just about the the news? We can talk about people. Well, here.
0: Yeah. uh, Twitter especially is just toxic is all get out, but um, the news about Ian, it was kind of surprising. I, I didn't really think um, I'm sure a lot of fans didn't even know that players could still opt out because of the pandemic. Cause no, I I didn't. Nobody's really been doing it. Um, But Ian decided to, you know, protect his family and protect himself and opt out. So on a personal level, like I don't blame him at all. Um, To do what's best for your families, and on a professional level, it's kind of nice because it saves us eight million dollars this year. So, but you know, I say that kind of happy that we're saving a buck, but does that mean we're gonna spend that money elsewhere to get talent or anything like that? No, of course, that's not what it means. So,
2: you know, good for him. I don't really have a whole lot of thoughts on it, I guess. What do you think? I think you summed it up personally, or great with the personal antidote, like we can't be mad about somebody making a decision that's in a place where he can make a decision of sitting out, right? Like you your number one is your family, your people, yourself. So if you make a decision that keeps those people safe in this weird pandemic time, like you got to do that. Um so definitely respect that. I'm I'm excited from a baseball standpoint to see these young guys coming up, right? Like do we see do we finally see Daza Daza show show out? Does he finally get a solid chance to come in um gets more time to sammy hilliard blackman or tapia does garrett hampson get a little bit more playing time in the outfield just like there's so many more options now with these young guns coming out onto the field so really yeah it's so how nice. it plays out baseball wise
0: it's really nice because it's um if desi was one of our better better players you might be bummed about it but he hasn't really been performing very well and then his contract Forces him into the lineup even when he's not producing, and so it just kind of got rid of a headache for for the uh, but Buddy Black. So
2: yeah, for sure. And we know Buddy likes his veteran appearance um, players. He usually leans towards veterans and plays the contracts and the the old school guys a little bit over the young guns. So I think, like you said, it's probably an addition by subtraction. Again, nothing nothing personal, yeah. but. Yeah. this contract he hasn't lived up to it
0: yeah and they're gonna buy it out next season for two million dollars so well, at least they ought to uh with this front office you never know what's gonna happen
2: but so he's probably played his last game as a rocky so yeah i think he's done there is still a chance that he comes back in like middle of july so like if the rockies are within five games for whatever possible reason that is does ian come back in mid-July, mid-August, does he come back and try to do his thing?
0: Maybe. I mean, the rate that, that we're going with vaccinations right now, I, it's possible. I guess I wouldn't roll roll anything out at this point. Yeah, but I wouldn't
2: bet on it, you know? Right. I think, like you said, I think we're done seeing him in purple stripes. But I'm curious to see how that plays out if we are at all close. That will be, be pretty kind of cool. And people on the internet – someone attacks a man that's so annoying <laughs> yeah that's a just that's just a bad look, it's, it's a look. It's so ridiculous these quote-unquote keyboard warriors i don't know never attack a man for making his choice so annoying and then yeah
0: and then people just overreact in general so they're
2: just dicks <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah
2: don't be a dick man um the mlb.com's first power rankings came out Um, 30 teams, right. And we are ranked 29th. Thoughts? Uh, I mean, my, my
0: expectations were low and, um, it's still pretty bad. I mean, I saw one projection where they have us winning maybe 60 games. Um, I mean, there's just, it's going to be hard to find things to root for if that comes to fruition. So I hope they're wrong, but at this point I, I have to, I have to agree. I would put in the Rockies in the bottom five for sure.
2: Yeah. We're right ahead of the Pirates, right below the Orioles, which absolutely sucks. Like you think of the Orioles and nothing good comes to mind at all. I mean, Trey Mancini's coming back, but that's about it. And then the Rangers 27 Tigers are at 26 and the D backs are 25. So we're in good company. So
0: we're, we're going to be in a race to the bottom for with Arizona
2: right let's fight for fourth let's go baby let's go
0: i mean do you even do you even like (laughs) have any pride at the end of the season if you look at the standings and rockies are fourth and not fifth
2: i think it means something i mean if we're fourth at the end of the season i think that's a big step because right now we are projected to win barely 60 games right we're 29th out of 30th in the opening um power rankings and if we exceed any of those expectations if we get fourth place in the west I mean there's got to be something good happening yeah I mean I
0: guess the best we can kind of hope for is is 500 ball at least and the Rockies historically have always been really good to start the season um May May is always a good month and then once we hit June and July then we see like 12 game losing streaks and all kinds of stuff like that. So if they start out hot, they might be able to be around 500, but if they start out rough, expect it to get really rough once July comes around.
2: Yeah. It's going to be dark and the whole, all those questions that come with it. Um, can we do a stat? Can we follow a stat? Can we create something that helps us get through this? It's not any fun. What, how would we define a bullpen implosion uh-huh. and how would we track that? And we'll track that over the 162.
0: Uh, just spitballing off the top of my head, I would think that um, it's going to be when we're winning by four runs or more in the sixth inning, and then as soon as the, the starters replace. So anytime after that, if we – if they come back to tie or
2: we end up losing the game, then that's definitely a bullpen implosion in my mind. So four-run cushion and the starter leaves – at any point or the sixth inning? Sixth inning. Sixth inning, at the, at the end of six or end yeah. of five?
0: Beginning of six and then anytime the is the
2: replaced. Okay, we defined bullpen implosion. So we'll, we'll track this, bullpen implosion at the beginning of the sixth inning if the starter is replaced with a four run lead and we give that up, that is considered an implosion.
0: I'm gonna expect a lot of those. What's nice. under?
2: Um, let's put the over under 35.
0: Okay, I was gonna say 25. So
2: I'm gonna take the under. Better he said 25. I I'm, I'm gonna take the under also. I'm gonna go 32. And we'll just track this. We'll put this out there. And see if you guys want to play along. Go ahead and just give your give your thoughts on the Twitter there and share with us put it in the review on the apple podcast if you want Um, please be aware we did not put any forethought
0: into that stat i have no idea i don't even know what the baseline is we
2: just created it okay We, we are the baseline we just created a new rocky stat officially on the record right now we're not a big deal but we are um so that's the quick news over the last week or two about the Rockies. Ian's, Ian's out. We are very lowly projected. So we went out and reached out to um, Dugan Darnell, who just signed with the Rockies in early February, February 8th, February 9th, signed a minor league contract. Um, store is really cool. And so we reached out and see if we could talk to him. And we spent about 30 minutes, 40 minutes last night just chit chatting with the man. And it's really cool. Fun, fun yeah. time.
0: Yeah, his story is really awesome
2: just bouncing around d3 to from third base to pitcher to independent ball and um to that contract that he signed with the help of a few people pitching ninja um and just really really cool story so really excited for you to listen if again if you like this podcast give us give us some some likes some ratings get on the apple podcast share it with us um Watch the videos, spread the word. We are just trying to, three dudes talking, bantering about Rockies. Give us some love, all right? Um, That's it. Enjoy the interview and we'll see you next time. Go Rocks! Woo! Welcome to Blake Street Banter where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other three are just along for the ride. We are here with, recently signed Rockies, um, Dugan Darnell. How are you doing?
3: Doing well, man, doing
2: well. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. Uh, James, say what's up? How's it going? Kirk, say hi. Yo. So (laughs) uh, Dugan um, signed with the Rockies on, I believe, February 9th. On February 8th, it looks like. And I have to ask the question, Was it Pitching Ninja, tweeting at Pitching Ninja and getting that out there? What got you that contract? Because on February 3rd, February 3rd is when you posted that out. And literally five days later, here you are.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, he certainly helped. And he kind of emailed me a few times back and forth. He's a great guy, uh, knows a lot. Uh, That that tweet certainly helped. Um, But there was a number of other
2: things that were uh, in the forefront for sure. So that kind of – like your name was already out there and you were kind of getting feelers and whatnot because I saw that you were signed with the the Gary Railcats. That's right. Coming up. And so I guess tell a little bit about like that behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, what you can share.
3: Right. Um, I mean, you know, I had a a pretty good 2020 season. Uh, Near the end of the season kind of was in contact with a few teams. You know, mostly all of them said, you know, due to COVID – you know, we can't really tell you, you know, what's what right now. Um, but kind of stayed in touch, you know, was on schedule for my offseason training and, and throwing. Uh kind of just continued to send out video. Um, and you know, I was in contact with a few teams, but the the Rockies definitely were the, you know, the for the the front
1: runner. And is that, is that from like your interest in the team or they just were really pursuing you? Uh, both. Yeah, definitely both. Really. That's pretty cool. Um, is there anything specific that made you excited about the Rockies specifically?
3: Um, I mean, yeah, I had a, you know, I have a couple of buddies that are in the organization right now and they had nothing but great things to say. Yeah. Um, You know, after doing a little bit of research, you know, the pitching coordinators and coaches all. you know, um, it's just it's just a really attractive setting uh, across the board. Can you tell us a little bit about when you
0: started playing baseball and kind of how things developed for you at a young age and when it
3: really kind of clicked for you a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, I grew up in Northville, Michigan. I mean, I'm still here, but, um, you know, I was a shortstop. Yeah, I was the little, the littlest kid on the team, every team growing up. Uh, I was a shortstop, quick little guy, um, could hit a little bit and, you know, went to college, went through high school like that, went to college like that. Uh, got moved from shortstop to third base because uh, our shortstop is uh, Ryan Doro. He's in the Rangers organization right now. He was a great guy to learn from. But, but yeah, just growing up, it was, you know, my brother, my dad, my grandpa, we all were baseball fanatics. So it was, uh, it was definitely in my upbringing and, um, you know, the passion for the game has always been there. So can you talk talk about
0: that move from, from third base to
3: pitching? How'd that happen? Uh, Ironically, I didn't pitch until my senior year of college. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah. So, I It was just like the summer between my junior and senior year of college. Um, I was at a training facility hitting with a bunch of my buddies from the area that we grew up playing together. Um, You know, one of my buddies was like, why don't you hop on the mountain and see how it goes? I think I threw like five pitches in like – the low to mid nineties. And they were like, you should probably do something about this. (laughs) So, so I went in and told my coach at Adrian and uh, fall ball, you know, I, I threw, you know, I was having a hard time with uh, arm care because I had never done arm care before. Um, I mean, like I'd throw like 10 pitches and my arm would be hanging. So we had to get some arm care, you know, under my belt. And then uh, came the spring uh, I only threw fastballs in college, <laughs> so uh, but it worked out great. I mean, I went from went from third, playing third base for eight innings and would close the ninth and just throw fastballs and compete.
1: Uh, but that's how it all started, really. You got to have some zip on that. Then if you're if you're only throwing gas, like <laughs> like Mariano Rivera type stuff.
3: Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing. I mean, for it was it was a little bit of both between zip and the competition and uh, just pounding the strike zone. It was effective. I mean, I wouldn't strike out everybody, but I, I would get out and that's all it that really matters, you know, late, in, late in game. So that was, uh, that was where it all started really.
0: So are you throwing four seamers or
3: two seamers or what, what do we got four,
0: on the menu? Yeah. What's, yeah was, what's, your,
2: what's your arsenal now? Yeah. Just go ahead yeah. and just share your whole arsenal. Right.
3: So My arsenal is a fastball, and then my second pitch is a splitter, um, and then slider and curveball. Um, But, yeah, I learned the curveball first. It was, like, a super slow, like, 68-mile-an-hour pitch. (laughs) But it was good because, you know, it would throw hitters' timing off. Um, But, you know, I wasn't going to play because it pops out of my hand, and, you know, good hitters will be able to see that and sit on it. Uh, so then I developed the splitter, which is the best pitch to tunnel off my fastball. Um, and then the slider is relatively new, but been working with, you know, some of the pitching coordinators, both from um, the USPBL and the American Association. and uh, all, all those pitches are come come a long way for
2: sure. So what's your uh, this, what's your favorite pitch to throw right now?
3: Uh Splitter is my favorite. Uh in terms of yeah, you know, I can throw it in any count really. And well, I can throw any pitch in any count, but the splitter is definitely a good fastball count pitch because it looks like a fastball until the very end. Um uh, but the there's nothing really better than watching a hitter's knee buckle with the curveball. <laughs> yeah. So splitter, are you are you gripping it
0: on the the narrow side of the the seams and then just splitting out your fingers as far as possible and throwing it
3: that way. Yep. Yep. And then you just feel it roll
0: off your, your middle knuckles or what?
3: Yeah. I kind of let it roll off my index finger. Um, Just kind of throw it like a, like fastball, trip straight down through the middle of the ball. And then, you know, you naturally pronate as you're, as you're throwing. So that kind of helps and, you know, just rolls off the middle inside of your index finger and that's what gives it kind of like the side spin that kind of tumbles and drops.
0: How about blisters? Do you ever have
3: any issues with that as, as far as, you know, kind of rubbing your, rubbing your yeah. hands or what? I mean, I get a, I get a pretty good callus on my index finger and it splits my nail ironically.
0: <laughs> but okay. yeah. So how, how about the curveball? Where are you, where are you holding that? Are you, are you putting your fingers on the, the wide side of the horseshoe
3: and just spinning That's down. Right. Yeah, yep. Just along the along the horseshoe on the inside part of it, and I kind of stick my fingers together. It's like a traditional curveball, and just kind of you know straight down like you're dropping a hammer. Just kind of get that four seam spin, come straight down. So is is yours more like a like a twelve six type variation? Yeah, yep. the The curveball is twelve six, and then I try to make the slider as horizontal as I can so right so
0: I'm I'm not nearly as good as a pitcher as you are but when I would throw a curveball I'd go straight down but then when I'm trying to throw a slider I'm trying to like um, figure out a fastball type I'm trying to throw a fastball and a curveball at the same time yeah what you're what you're dealing with
3: yeah I mean it like I said I mean I picked up the slider about less than a year ago so I'm still you know I was still playing around with grips and all that but Um, you know, it's worked for me is just trying to, you know, feel out, like staying straight down through it, like a, like a fastball, but then having finger, like your finger pressure on your, uh, middle finger. So that way, instead of like getting off to the side of it and it kind of gets like loopy on you, you get down straight through it and you get that spin where it's it's sharp. So that's what I've been trying to work on. I'm sure you
0: flirted with a lot of different pitches. Have you ever tried to try to change up or anything like that?
3: yeah I have um but I can't really throw it because I have a broken pinky <laughs> uh, Oh, wow. yeah. I uh, I broke in my sophomore year at college I stole third and the uh the third baseman stepped on my hand and broke my pinky so wow
1: <laughs> so yeah you were safe
3: was, though right I was yeah it was, it was worth it <laughs> it was a bad throw when I was in the <laughs> outfield,
1: and I ran home with a broken pinky
2: <laughs> and,
3: oh, uh, man. Kind of stuff like that. <laughs>
1: I did, I did want to ask you, like, I mean, were you a good hitter going up yeah. and then you just happened to be a better pitcher?
3: Yeah, I was uh, All-American um, in college. Uh, I think my senior year I had four home runs, 12 doubles. I think I hit 320 or 325 or something like that.
1: Man, you uh-huh. just think think about when you're playing in Coors, just hitting yeah. dingers. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I had a couple of dreams like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I had your stats pulled up r- right now and you're um you can rake, man. You can rake. Do you do you miss it at all? I do, yeah.
3: Ironically, uh, Yeah, hitting like hitting BP was probably the best stress reliever I think
2: there is, honestly. <laughs> That's I never even I thought love, about man. that. That'd be sweet.
1: Yeah. yeah. I totally agree with that. That's like my just going to the cages is just a happy place. It is, yeah. But I don't miss striking out. <laughs> That's, <yeah.
2: laughs> That's what I don't miss. <laughs> what's What's the biggest thrill for you? Hitting that, hitting that dinger, or getting that that uh, strikeout, throwing the strikeout. Uh, I mean, I'd have to
3: say a home run. I mean, there's there's nothing probably more satisfying than that. But and as far as like a dominating feeling, I mean, striking out the side is one of my favorite feelings of all time. Mm.
2: Yeah, I've never experienced that, so I had to ask. I haven't experienced either one. So I could have my own on the field, but I could have, I never dominated as you said. So no, that's pretty cool. Um it said that you you threw, like you said, you started like throwing nineties and then you've gained a few miles per hour on your fastball over the last year or two. Right. What are you doing to do that? Like I know right. you're meeting with a bunch of coaches, but like how do you grow that much? with that speed man that's crazy well there's a number of things um but basically it's
3: one um uh, you know training i got in contact with one of my old teammates who set me up with a nice training facility out here it's called 2sp um where we kind of just went through hip mobility shoulder mobility uh core stability um and then overall just strength training so i put on like I think 25 or 30 pounds since I graduated, um, became more mobile. Uh, that also, you know, helped me with recovery and, and um, obviously velocity. <clears throat> but then the biggest thing was uh, uh, it's called DVS. It's a like mechanical structure um, from the USBBL. And, you know, like, like i said, I was pitching for like a year before I started in the USBBL So all I really do in college is just get on the mound and throw the ball as hard as I could. You know, (laughs) that was it. I didn't really know, you know, like anything mechanically or like anything really like if I wasn't throwing a strike, I would just try to focus harder. was it. And, you know, so once I got, you know, to the USPVL, it was good to like both understand mechanics and how my body's moving and understand how to like leverage what I have better, be more efficient kind of.
2: So yeah, that, that, that's, everything. that's everything that I never even thought of. That's that's got to be a lot of work. Like, do you just spend hours on hours at the facility, at the training stuff, at the uh, train with the training staff, and just work and work and work? Like, yeah, yeah, it's like four or five hours a day um, for the
3: whole, you know, everything. So I, I get to the gym and I'll do my yoga based stretching and uh, everything else. And then, you know, you go into arm care, your arm care routine, then you go into throwing, then you go into your workout, then you go into your recovery side of things. So, yeah, it's about four or five hours each day. Um, And that's kind of how I got on the path to honestly just being a better pitcher instead of a thrower.
1: That's really, that's cool to hear because it really kind of puts in perspective how much hard work you actually have to put into it to really see, you know, results to where you're actually signing a contract. So if there's anybody watching that's, you know, young and trying to figure out what it takes, you know, they got to be realistic with it.
3: Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's a lifestyle, you know, it's like any industry, you know, if you want to be successful in any industry, you got to, you got to make it your lifestyle. So there's, you know, there's obviously hard work is there. Passion is a big thing because if you're not having fun, you know, <laughs> it's not worth it, but you got to have fun with it. And, um, you know, just whatever works for you, you know, there's not like a specific science to it. Just, you know, what works for you and what, you know, you see is like, you know, being really
2: efficient and effective for your body. that's a big thing. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Hopefully my uh, cousin out Al- in by is listening to this he's he's a eighth grader ninth grader big baseball kid big sports guy and the fact that he's go yeah. by northville like hopefully he's listening yeah. and hearing that kegs take note <laughs> man <laughs> <laughs> love that so
0: i i got a couple questions for you so do you like working out of the wind up or you know what's your what's your preferred motion there do you feel a difference when you're going from the wind up to the stretch
3: right um no really honestly I mean like basically you just have to keep working on I work on all three I have the wind up the stretch and then um um slide step and so all three I play I work with and catch play so just trying to feel it out like you know, every day, you know, something doesn't feel right or you got to do stuff over and over and over to get it to be like muscle memory. So that, you know, in any situation, if there's nobody on, you know, runner on first, runner on second, whatever it might be, I'm not really thinking about what feels different and whatever else. I'm just thinking about what I have to think about throwing strike and getting outs. So
0: do you, do you just automatically go from the wine? Up if you don't have anybody on base, or will you just work
3: out of the stretch? Yeah, I mean, uh, out in college in my first year, I just did the stretch. Um, but now I've gotten a better feel for the windup. Um, and the windup's kind of a like a confidence thing, too. You know, do you there's nothing really more you know fulfilling or the dominating feeling than kind of stepping on the mound and being square to your target? It's for me, it's a big thing, uh, mentality wise. So, uh, yeah, I go all three.
0: So what's your approach for when you have runners on, like, what do you, what are you looking for when you throw over? What are you looking for when you're
3: checking runners, you know, things like that? Yeah. I mean, since I was a base runner at some, at one point, <laughs> I know that, uh, you know, as a base runner, I'm looking for, you know, the same count, when pitcher comes set, he's going one second, two seconds, and then he goes home. If he's doing that consistently. I'm on the second or third pitch. I'm gone on two seconds. So I try to mix up my looks. You know, come set one second go. Come set four seconds go. Um, that's that's one big thing. And then another thing is just like being as efficient and quick as I can to the plate and pounding the zone.
0: Do you ever feel like that messes with you when when you're pitching, when you're when you know you're thinking about the runner too much or something like that?
3: No, yeah. No, it doesn't mess with me at all. I just you know, I just know I know what he's thinking. So it's not really <laughs> it's not really <laughs> bothering me. You know, I I think I picked off maybe like three or four times all of last year. Yeah. I mean,
1: it,
3: yeah, I didn't really have to pick off because
2: you know, I mean nobody was on. You posted right. a .31 ERA. Nobody was nobody was on base, man. <laughs> you don't need to be humble about that. Come on now. <laughs> Yeah.
3: <laughs> but no, but I, I just I just try to make a, a point, make it a point to, you know, change up my looks and kind of, you know, if if a runner is, you know, you, you know, looking like he's trying to go over and over and for some reason he goes and I don't pick. I'm quick enough to the plate where my catcher is going to have good, good enough chance to throw them out.
0: Yeah. Strikeouts are cool, but there's nothing more satisfying than, than picking somebody
3: off. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Nothing more frustrating than getting picked off. I'll tell you that much.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just walk back to the dugout with your head down. Like, you yeah. know, the coach is going to let you, yeah. let you have it.
1: That's and right. I feel like That's
2: James, I think James has got a, Kind of a alternative motive at asking all these questions. I don't know if you did your research on us, but James plays in the adult league out where he is, pitches sometimes. So I think he's trying to get all these <laughs> tips and tricks. Yeah, to, uh,
0: I, had a, I had a I had a seven ERA this last summer, so things are, things are
1: looking good. <laughs> you just gotta you just gotta post it up on Twitter, man. And-
0: yeah, before you know
1: seven. it. <laughs> yeah,
0: Here's my.
2: 50 mile an hour curveball
1: Oh,
2: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, Dugan, I gotta know what was it like signing that contract and how did that all play out I mean being zoom zoom quarantine and all this and you finally get that moment like what was yeah. that feeling I mean it was just surreal honestly it's still surreal
3: but it was just one of those times where you know I I got the phone call and my heart kind of dropped. It was, uh, you know, was something I've been dreaming about for a very long time and uh, countless hours of work and blood, sweat, and tears and a lot of great people I've met along the way. Um, you know, a lot of teammates that pushed me, a lot of coaches that pushed me, trainers. Um, it was just kind of like the perfect storm, honestly. And um, there was, it was just a, a very,
2: you know, wholesome feeling, very surreal. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Do you have any idea where you're starting this season? Like where you're going to be in a month or two months? Like where are you headed? Yeah, I mean,
3: no, they they haven't told me anything. I I don't think they've told anybody really anything. Uh, We don't even have a set start date, really. Um, We're zooming. There's, you know, speculation on when we're going to start. But um, Mm -hmm. I mean, basically, they just said, you know, come, come to spring training, everybody come to spring training and after spring training, we'll figure it out.
1: So,
2: all right.
3: So when you headed down there, uh, probably end of March.
1: Okay. Wow. Sweet. I just, I can't even imagine what that's like, like you're yeah. going to spring training, you know, that's right. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh,
3: yeah, it, it's, I, I try to, you know, I, I'm just so honestly, I try to think about it all the time, like, like in a fan's perspective, but then I'm like, no, this is my job. I, I worked for this. I'm trained for this. So i that's kind of the mentality. I'm going into spring training. Like, you know, there's going to be guys that I've watched on TV, but you know, I'm, I'm here to to do my job and I'm trained to do this job. So uh, I'm going in
1: there with all the confidence in the world and kind of letting the chips fall where they may. Yeah, exactly. You, you, can't ever think that you don't belong there and you do right. belong there so absolutely absolutely
2: yeah you it's just talking to you and reading all the stuff when we were doing our research on you like you are you it sounds like you have the good mindset you're you're obviously very humble and aware and just you've got that that mindset i think that's going to set you up for success so yeah i'm i'm i mean i know i'm ruined for you i'm, I'm probably going to speak for james and kirk with that like we're going to be watching darnell uh, wherever you're at and just be rooting for you and do your thing man that's pretty cool
3: i do i definitely do and i know there's a lot of work ahead of me you know i'm not going to just roll in there and go straight to the leagues. <laughs> i wish but you know <laughs> <that's>,
1: <laughs> who
0: knows no, that man. would
3: be a dream right that's right
1: yeah
0: uh, <laughs> it's definitely a grind and uh so you're gonna be all right if we check in with you mid-season see how
3: things are going yeah absolutely absolutely I appreciate, appreciate your guys' it. support a lot.
2: Yeah. I mean, you grew three new fans, and, I mean, we're going to spread your word as much as we possibly can. Um, I want to end with this. I want some lighthearted, quick questions with you. So you answered these questions at Adrian. Um, I, I have a few questions about some of your answers, but, I mean, that yeah. might be another time. Um, who's, who, who's your favorite athlete still now? Like current athlete? just your favorite athlete of all time let's go all time dare cheater okay that hasn't changed
1: um what's your favorite
2: movie <laughs> anchorman okay hasn't changed and in- god i hope this changed man uh what's your favorite food
3: uh i have to think about this one
2: good <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. i'm pretty sure i put sushi down and, and, no. Uh, no no i uh,
2: pizza is it, what is is that your favorite pizza is that your favorite food now i think so yeah okay you've upgraded a little chicken noodle soup back in 2015 <laughs> oh, or 16 no. i don't no. you don't even remember it my hey, mom
1: paid me to say that where's the where's the campbell's ch- chunky soup at? Right. right,
2: get,
1: get this yeah. man signed up they must be watching i don't know <laughs>
2: I had asked those questions, but man, yeah. seriously, I appreciate your time and all the, all, all the best wishes and all the good luck your way. And like we said, we'll be watching you. We'll be watching those stat lines and we're going to be updating everybody as much as we possibly can. Like this story is great going from D3 to independent ball to the Colorado Rockies, man. Let's go. Right. Let's go. Yes,
3: sir. Yes,
2: sir. I appreciate you guys very much. Thank you.
1: Talk to you soon, man. Appreciate right. it. Thank you so yeah, much. Yes, Thank you, man. I appreciate
2: yeah, it. Good you. luck. Thank you for watching. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple's podcast, or Google podcast by looking up Blake street banter. Thank you.
3: You know, a lot of people kind of reached out and especially local.
2: Um, you know, it's just, it's just humbling. It's really humbling yeah that's that's awesome it's and like when i saw you come up on the twitter and then i saw that you went to adrian and i saw that you played at freaking jimmy john's field literally (laughs) down the street from where i go every other weekend i was like holy crap this is crazy like like you said small small world is wild man right right fun
0: that was fun
2: that was a lot of fun